Coaches Game Day, built by coaches for coaches. I am personally inviting you to review a fantastic membership-based website for coaches, athletic directors, sports organizations, and athletic departments. Coaches Game Day assists coaches, ADs, teams, schools, and athletic organization in the areas of budgeting, scheduling, automatic game communications, fundraising, and key form access. This website offers patented programming not currently available and other programming that is readily used in the athletic environment, all within simple computer or phone access. The website is revolutionizing the industry and will afford coaches, schools, and teams a better way of supporting and organizing their programs. Coaches Game Day is changing the playing field for all coaches of all sports across the country. Coaches Game Day supports over 1,800 competition levels of 33 interscholastic club and recreational sports using unique patented technology to assist in the process of managing an efficient and effective athletic department program and includes a passive sponsor fundraiser function that will positively help your team or department increase revenues for your athletic programs. The Game Blast communication program will increase your department revenues by 150 to $1,000 per team per season. Do the math. You cannot afford not to include coaches game day in your athletic program. When you are ready to purchase, my personal referral will save you money. At checkout, enter coupon code CGD25. That's CGD25 and you will receive a $25 off your annual membership. Coaches Game Day, the finest and most unique athletic management app available. If you have any questions, contact me at furtadok57 at gmail.com, and I will give you a further information, and also I will give you a special discount. Contact me soon. Thank you. I think it showed early we were nervous and i know shooting in a big arena like that you know can be difficult but we were missing things like layups and we were turning the ball over uncharacteristically and it took us a while to settle down and some of that some of that is to be credited to gac for for them really being a really good team um but i thought that fourth quarter when we kind of settled in and some folks have said you know asked me you know what did you do differently in the fourth quarter and my answer is absolutely nothing. I just challenged them. I said, you've got eight minutes left. And if you want a championship, you got to go get it. So, uh, welcome back. Uh, this is Coach Kevin Furtado today. I'm so excited to continue on, David, our uh, part four of our champion series with all the Georgia high school state championship coaches from this past week, uh, weekend at, in Macon. Uh, and today, this is episode total of 284, David. So, I've done quite a few podcasts over the time, um, but we have David Douse, the head girls basketball coach of currently the state 3A state champions. David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Um, David, I want you to kind of talk about kind of, you know, how you grew up with the game and uh, 
how you kind of created this unbelievable uh, philosophy on building programs. You've done a great job on building programs. Not everybody is good at that. Uh, but kind of give us a little, little bio of yourself. Well, uh, so I, I'm a Midwestern guy. I'm, I'm uh, an IU grad, an Indiana University grad. So I'm, I'm at least part Hoosier. Um, but I didn't grow up playing basketball, to be honest. I was a football, ice hockey, baseball guy. Dabbled a little bit with basketball, but really I tell my girls all the time, it wasn't very good. Um, and thought really that ultimately when I got into coaching that I'd become one day a, a head football coach. Spent the set first seven years of my career in DeKalb County, um, working my way up from middle school to JV to varsity assistant. And then, uh, then landed a job in Gwinnett County at a middle school, McConnell Middle School, first year it opened. Um, and uh, the principal knocked on my door one day. They, they needed a girls basketball coach. Would I be interested? In, and at first I said, absolutely not. Um, but uh, I thought about it and, and, uh, uh, and reconsidered and, and, uh, and enjoyed it so much that I haven't turned back. I gave up football and this is all I've ever done uh, since. And um, yeah, what, what was the attraction there? I know um, a lot of coaches just like you are not planning to coach girls. Matter of fact, they don't want they didn't want to do that. But when they get into it and they connect, um, you know, with the girls in their program, they absolutely love they have, there's a lot of things they love about it. So what did you what attracted you to coaching girls basketball? Well, I think two things. Just first of all, coaching basketball. <clears throat> I hadn't really uh, had any experience with it, but. With football, there's so many guys, there's so many players, you're just one um, peg uh, in, in the puzzle. And uh, I, I kind of felt removed. You know, I might be the linebackers coach one year, the receivers coach the next year, and I had my, my 10 guys, but I really wasn't locked in with everyone. What I really enjoy about basketball is that you coach uh, all of the players in every aspect of the game. Um, and then the, in addition to that, just coaching girls, um, I think girls, for the most part, play for reasons that are maybe a little bit different than boys. I think girls play for the relationships. They mm -hmm. like basketball and some of them love it, but but they all love the relationship piece of it. Uh, and and for me, that's that was very attractive and 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 really what what keeps me going the relationships. Yeah, no doubt. Um, there, um, I know a, a coach contacted me the other day, and um, he's out of California. He was on my podcast. And he goes, coach, I'm, I'm going to be coaching girls now. And he goes, you know, he wanted to kind of get, you know, some secrets. I, and I said, man, there's no secrets to it. It's um, you don't, you just definitely coach them like athletes, but girls are different. And I think you've realized that, right? The girls are not the same as the guys. There's a lot of things that uh, separate themselves from boys. And what, what do you think are there, Dave? Well, I think, I think when you get between the lines, basketball is basketball. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a misconception out there that girls can't be coached as hard as boys and they can't be held to the same level of accountability as boys. And that is absolutely a misnomer. Uh, in many cases, I, I look at those girls and I think, wow, they're a whole lot tougher than I was <laughs> at their age. Um, but off the court, there are definitely, you, you have to understand the why of why they're playing, as I mentioned earlier, the relationship piece of it. And you have to build that into your program. We, you know, there's a lot of times where we do things as a group that have nothing at all to do with basketball. Um, whether, you know, we went bowling or we went whitewater rafting and we, you know, we do those types of things because that's the bonding piece that, that makes a girl's 
team and program really take the next step. Yeah, that's so true. Actually, today, Coach, we're actually going over to uh, UGA. We're about 30 minutes from UGA out here in Loganville. Uh, we're going to go watch uh, them practice, meet the team, and spend some time with uh, with the dogs over there. Uh, but it's good, even though it's after the season. But you still got to keep that going all the time. You got to stay connected. And the girls love doing that stuff. They love it. And and really, you know, you know, Kevin, that, you know, it's not a, a three or four months out of the year job. It's it's 365 days a year. And now we've got a lot of multi-sport athletes and we've got some kids that are going to play travel ball. But the connection we have as a group and 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 I as the the head coach of that group, that doesn't ever stop. It's it's 12 months out of the year. What are you doing now, coach? Um, I mean, I, I'm sorry, let me go back to this. Let how when you came to Lumpkin County from I think it was Grayson, correct? From McIntosh. It went Grayson to McIntosh and then Lumpkin County. From McIntosh, what attracted you to Lumpkin County? Because uh, you have really built a powerhouse there. What attracted you to uh, Lumpkin? Well, it, it, it's an interesting question. Um, my kids are grown and uh, they're all moved out and self-sufficient. I'm blessed to say that. Um, <laughs> but, but um, you know, Shelly, my wife and I were looking to downsize. We lived just outside of Peachtree City at the time. And, mm -hmm. and so we had two choices. Are we going to, are we going to downsize and, and stay, you know, in the Fayette County area or, are we going to go ahead and, and move forward with what our dream was at retirement, which was to move to the North Georgia mountains. Right. So we did a little research. We thought, well, you know, what teaching jobs, what coaching jobs are available up there. And there were a handful. Um, so I called, I called every coaching friend that I had at the time who might know a little bit something about uh, North Georgia basketball and to a, to a person that said, go anywhere except Lumpkin. And um, wow. so I turned to my wife. And, and she said, we're going to Lumpkin, aren't we? And I said, you know, we are. And, uh, and we, we are so, so happy to be here. The community, uh, the beauty of the North Georgia mountains, Dahlonega, um, my, my, my good friends and, and, um, and confidants could not have been so wrong. Um, we love it up here. Uh, You're a builder. So you enjoy the challenges of building a team, correct? I do. And, and that was true. You know, when I took the Grayson job, Grayson had just opened. They're they're nowhere near the they were nowhere near the powerhouse that they are uh, athletically right now. That was back in 2000. I uh, went over there with Wayne Bryant, and then two years later, I was the head coach. And then I took over a, a McIntosh program that that wasn't real strong. Um, and then you know the Lumpkin the Lumpkin job uh, was appealing to me, but but they had not had a lot of success uh, in. So which, um, what kind of got you rolling there at Lump? Because I know a lot of coaches can learn from this. Because there's going to be a lot of coaches this year, Coach. A lot of changes going on, and you know how it is in Georgia. Um, going into a new situation, what was your first meeting with the kids there? Um, and what did you see in them that you said, hey, we can build something here? Well, um, you know, I, I know this is overused, but it's really true in our case. I mean, I, we, we had to change the culture. We, we absolutely did. And I know people say that's what everybody says, but I, we did it. Um, and, and it starts with a level of accountability, um, accountability uh, within yourself and to each other, myself to the players, players to, to one another, players to coaches. Um, and, you know, I, sometimes uh, there has to be addition by subtraction. Uh, right. Our numbers probably fell. Uh, when I 
when I first got here, there were some kids that, who, who liked the idea of changing the culture right. um, and some coaches who liked the idea of changing the culture. But then when they found out all that was entailed and make that happen, didn't really want to be a part of it anymore. And that was okay. Um, we talk about uh, quality over quantity. Uh, and that's the nice thing about basketball too. I mean, you don't have to have a hundred kids, um, but you also have to, build some pride into the program. Our, our locker room, for instance, was, was nothing to be proud of. Um, and so we went to work right there and, and, and gave them something to look forward to and, and somewhere uh, to have a little pride in, in, in their locker room area. Um, and then just gradually started building it, talking about what it meant to be a champion and, and what it means to work like a champion. And, um, and then even with our scheduling, you know, we, you know, I, I know there are folks out there who say, well, you know, we're not very good, so we got to get some wins. So we're going to go schedule some easy teams. That was not our philosophy. Hmm. We're going to go play, you know, maybe not the top teams in all of Georgia, though I think now we probably are, but we're going to play teams that are really good, that are going to show us where we're, where we aspire to be. And, and we're going to, we're going to work toward that. Coach, how do you assemble your coaching staff? Because I think that's underrated. I know for me, that's number one. Uh, I want to make sure I have people around me that understand our philosophy, that are not afraid of taking challenges. How do you assemble your staff? Well, I, you know, I, I think you've got to know what you're good at, what are your strengths and weaknesses, and, and build around you people who um, sometimes uh, have strengths other than yours. Um, you know, I've got uh, like um, – Megan Crane is my, my, my assistant, one of my assistants right now. And Megan's been with me all five years and, and what Megan's really good at, I'm not real good at. Wow. Um, and um, so she, she takes on her, her role and I, and I take on my role. And then this year we, we picked up a, a young coach, Katie Beth Rents, who, uh, who's got a, a basketball background, played at Rabin County with D.D. Dillard. Um, I knew that that was a plus right off the bat um, and, and has a little bit of college experience and her youth um, with the girls is terrific. Um, you know, I think it's important um, as a male coaching young females that you, you surround yourselves uh, yourself with at least some female coaches. I think that's really important for, um, for the girls to have someone other than just a, a crotchety old man like myself, um, you know, leading the show. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you, you got to have people that that um, maybe fill in some of the holes that, that you may have. Yeah, having a good female mentor on the team is really important. I mean, uh, I have one of my former players uh, as uh, she came over here from Lake Oconee Academy over to here and talk about it, a valuable person to have. We as males sometimes assume like we're we know what's going on, but we don't. Right, David? That's correct. That's correct. And we've got, we've got some really good people in place there and, and trainers and, um, and support staff that, that really help us, uh, help us over at Lumpkin with that. Cause yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's talk about the game. Uh, the GAC game, first of all, GAC has got a great program and traditionally, um, I know they had some talent, um, talk about the game itself. It, it was, it was nip and tuck throughout as I recall, um, Talk about, and I think I read something about you guys were extremely nervous at the beginning, right? Yeah, and I, I, that surprised me a little bit with this group, but I think we were. You know, you look at a GAC team that had been there three years in a row, and this is the 10th, this was their 10th trip to the show. And, you know, this for us, this was the first time any Lumpkin County sports team 
other than I think wrestling has ever been in a state championship in 80 plus years. Um, and I think it showed early. We were nervous. And I know shooting in a big arena like that, you know, can be difficult, but we were missing things like layups and we were turning the ball over uncharacteristically. And it took us a while to settle down. And some of that, some of that is to be credited to GAC for, for them really being a really good team. Um, but I thought that fourth quarter when we kind of settled in and some folks have said, you know, asked me, you know, what did you do differently in the fourth quarter? And my answer is absolutely nothing. I just challenged them. I said, you've got eight minutes left. And if you want a championship, you got to go get it. And they, and they did. Yeah. Talk about what was your philosophy going into the game? I mean, every, uh, I don't think there's any one way to do it, David, but is it less is better in a state championship? And I, you know, a lot of us, I've, and I've been close a few times in different levels, but now you just, I mean, you, you limit what you say. Sometimes less is better, right? Try to keep them loose. Um, I asked a lot of people and, and I asked a lot of female athletes, former players of mine, what can I do? And, and to a, to a person, they said, keep them loose coach. So um, I believe, believe it or not, ours were playing duck, duck goose after our, <laughs> after our last practice before we boarded the bus to Macon. So I thought, well, that was a good sign. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, from a playbook standpoint, we, we didn't change anything going into that game from what we had done all year. We didn't add anything to the playbook. Um, we left it as is um, and, and, you know, said, you know, this was good enough to get us to 29 and one and play for a state championship. So we're going to, we're going to go with it. I know Mike Hedrick, a good friend of mine who is now at East Forsyth. He has a lot of respect for you, man. Um, he does a great job. They gave us all, all we could handle. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Mike's going to be in my region next year, so I'm going to be calling on some tape from you. So he's got some players too now. I know he does, man. Yeah. Um, it's going to be tough, um, but um, but he was really he says, man, we were so close, you know, to Lumpkin, but we just couldn't get it. Uh, what separated your team? What uh, I know they they kept playing you up a little bit better, but what kind of got you over the hump? Well, I, you know, and I've talked about this, and and this is what really has made this season so special is I, there there's a there's a there's a chemistry and it's more that there's a magic with these kids every single kid on our team um has been in Lumpkin County School since kindergarten hmm, we don't have a single transfer we don't you know they're Lumpkin kids and so they've been lifelong friends and that chemistry and that magic and that that love for each other is is really what what put us over the hump a number of times and in that fourth quarter when I challenged them, I, you know, I, I had a pretty good feeling that they would fight for each other. Yeah. And this proves the point, right, David, that it's not all about, you know, the Atlanta schools, <laughs> you know, that they do have talented players, but a small, you know, a small community like yours can win it too. Right. I mean, you got to take a lot of pride in that. Like you can win anywhere doing things the right way. Well, thank you for saying that because that that has really been throughout my career and 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 most recently at Lumpkin County something that's very very important. Um, we 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 try not to just play by the rule, but play by the intent of the rule. Um, there's no funny business, you know. I, I wish my kids the best of luck in their travel seasons, and I'll support them however I can. Um, but you're not going to see me out there beating the you know the AAU circuit and and talking to parents of other. Uh, schools and, and trying to get kids to move into Lumpkin. If they, if they do, then, you know, they're certainly welcome, but it won't be because I've provided some kind of undue influence. 
Um, and so I'm really, really proud that I, you know, there were years where I wasn't sure it was even possible anymore. Uh, and for it to happen the way it did this year makes it so much more special. Well, I have another friend of mine, uh, Josh Jones from Elbert County, the other yes. small community. Yeah. Hey man, it's all about the small communities. It is. Um, but it just proves that you get a group together. Was that, is that what happened here? Was this a group that just played together since they were young, David? They have. They've been, they've played together since they were four, five, six years old. Um, we've got a, a, a core of, of, of three start, starting lineup wise. We've got three juniors uh, and a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got Mary Mullinax, a junior, Lexi Pierce, Kate Jackson, they're all juniors. And then a real special talent, Nabry Jones, who's a 10th grader. And, and those four are like peas in a pod. Uh, they're, they're best friends on and off the court. And, and there again, that's part of the magic. So watch out for you guys next year. Yeah, yes, sir. No, no. <laughs> secrets. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I got to get you on the schedule, man, because uh, I would love to, I, I love playing the small community teams that are just well coached. Uh, it always gets, a, it gets the best out of me. gets the best out of, I, I would love to maybe, schedule again your schedule is probably already done and so it's yeah. not believe it or not i've had i've had zero time for any of that i've left it in the hands of my boys coach yeah and I, I think he's just about full and i don't have any games so yeah um, let's schedule it yeah that'd be fun well i tried to get you out here to the december i know you already had your tournament i think it was um but um we're, i'm trying to get all the state championship teams to come out and play it, it's going to be tough to do that but i thought i might try it but um it's ambitious but that's a great idea that's a great idea that's right um somebody mentioned today on social media about uh having like right having almost like a geico uh championship with all the state championship teams playing in a tournament uh like they do in california what do you think about that i think that's a cool idea i think it's a cool idea i mean i um a couple things i would worry being an indiana guy growing up um, you know, it used to be in the state of Indiana, you had one champion at the one end. One champion, yeah. There was one champion. Um, the, the only thing I would worry about is that, that you know, to what, seven of those teams uh, who, who claimed a, a state championship, I, I just would hate the idea of maybe leaving a sour taste in their, their mouth for not having won that last game when there's something very special about being the only team in the state, at least in your classification, to have finished the season with a win. I worry a little bit about that, but um, it's, it's an intriguing idea. Yeah, that would be hard to win a state championship and then get back on the court the next day preparing for that. that, that and is, some of them are also off to other sports. I mean, especially with the smaller schools. I mean, almost all of mine are now playing travel ball or golf or running track or right. playing soccer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's a whole other podcast with kids playing multiple sports. I think we need to do more of that uh, in our schools. Um, talk about, give me some things within your program that you know somebody else listening can kind of grab onto. What, what's your defensive philosophy? I mean, how do you, I know you guys can D it up, but talk a little bit about that. I think for us, you know, I, I would love to be a straight up man-to-man guy. You know, in my time at Grayson and, and even early, uh, at McIntosh, that's exactly what we were. But um, uh, smaller rosters um, have made it a little bit more difficult for us. Um, we've kind of become more of a matchup zone type team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, you know, that, that hasn't taken away from our aggressiveness. Um, I, I still think we play pretty good, pretty good defense. Um, but the numbers piece has kind of made it hard with foul trouble. You know, we've kind of, since I've gotten here, at least in the last three years or so, we've kind of had the philosophy that we have three rules when you're out in the, you know, when you're playing and you, you can't get sick, you can't get hurt, and you can't get in foul trouble um, because we don't have a bench to finish the game otherwise. But um, we're kind of a matchup zone. And, and bottom line is we're going to, we're going to try to get you to take low percentage shots, try to get you to take shots you really don't want to take. I think maybe the shot clock will help us some with that as well. Mm -hmm. We're going to rebound and we're going to run. Um, and I, you know, this year, especially, I, I'm not sure our team gets enough credit for, for their athleticism um, and their ability to run. Um, very few teams, uh, maybe only a handful were able to, to run in transition with us. And, and that, that's, those are the easy baskets and they come from the defensive end. Yeah, talk about your matchup zone a little bit, because I believe in that as well. Um, uh, what are some key points you guys use? Uh, is it a true matchup, or is that a 2-3, 1-2-2? Two, two, two? How do you oh, guys do Right, so so we run two different kinds of matchups. We run the old um, you know, Dean Smith point zone, mm -hmm. which is what we did almost exclusively the latter half of my time at, at McIntosh and had a lot of success with it. Um, I, I think for that, you've got to have a, a – a bigger post inside um, that can kind of own the lane area. Um, with this group in the last two or three years at Lumpkin, we've been more of a one-one-three matchup, yeah. uh, and and the, you know the alignment and the shape of it kind of morphs to what the offense shows and what alignment, whether they're one guard or two guard. Um, and you know we'll we'll match up even in a little bit. We'll 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 man up with you know if they've got a superstar, we don't necessarily go boxing one but we can man up with that one person within our matchup. And um, I think it's a little bit confusing. I think I, I watch coaches and I watch teams sometimes this, you know, do we run our zone stuff against it? Do we run our man stuff against it? Right. Um, and it's been, it's been good for us. I love the one, one, three. We use that here a lot, coach. Um, we, we call it our 11 defense. Cause sometimes I tell you, um, it, it's hard to get, it's hard to match up because we play a lot of teams that have more talent. So, um, and that, that's our, it's kind of an, it's a simpler way to kind of match up with their best players, but also keep maybe our weaker players, weaker defenders in certain spots, correct? Yes. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. Very, very true. Coach, what about, uh, talk a little bit about your trans. If you're a running team, how do you guys run your transition? What are, what are some keys that you guys do to uh, get out on the break a little bit and get high percentage shots? Well, we, well, from a, just from a practice standpoint, that's, that's a point of emphasis for us. Um, I think so. So you've got to, you've got to practice it and we've got to, you know, we're a team that's going to take transition threes. We're fine with transition threes. We're, you know, we shoot a lot of threes. Um, so we do a lot of work that way. Um, I think you've got to have a point guard with vision and, and in the girls game, I hate to say it, but I mean, with the strength to make that hit ahead pass, we've been very blessed. Uh, to have a couple in Isabel Davenport, who's now playing at UNG, uh, and now Lexi Pierce, who are kids with tremendous vision, really good athletes, and the strength to to make some some passes. That honestly, I think sometimes our, our football coaches look at them and think, you know, they could probably help them out there. Um, uh, get out and run. We're we're running lanes, and we're we're getting to the getting to the rim with our big, uh, and we're gonna we don't run a lot of. Uh, secondary break type stuff. If we don't get what we want uh, in, in our primary break, 
we're right in, we're a flex team. We're right into flex. Oh, I love it. We're okay. going to hit that trailer and we're into flex. We're, we are old school now. Old school, man. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing. It's really been very, very satisfying for, for, for me personally um, to know that there is a way to play old school basketball and still win. I mean, there's so, there, and there's nothing wrong with five out. We run a little five out stuff and, and the dribble drive and the read and react stuff. But, but I'll tell you, you know, I, I still say if you run the flex right, it's hard to guard. That's a great point, Coach, because I don't see any teams that much running any type of flex action. Um, is that because people like to do what's popular? Um, and what do you like about the flex being more of a pattern? How do you how do you all run it? Well, we run a lot of different entries. So, we're you know, we'll run a lot of stuff to get us into flex out of the four high, a lot with the Iverson cut. Mm -hmm. uh, we really like that Iverson cut. Um, uh, we do, we do a little loop cut out on the wing right there that gets us into some stuff. Um, sure. I think one of the things that, you know, I, I feel like where I am in Lumpkin County and the type of kids I have, right. we need to screen to get people open. Um, we can't just say rely on, you know, their ability to go one V one, we're going to get you open via the screen. And I also think, and this is very true in the state championship against GAC. I mean, we're a three-point shooting team, um, and I know GAC prepared for that. But I'm not sure how much they prepared for the fact that we knew you were going to switch screens, and when you switch them, we're going to get our big on your small, and we're going to go inside, and that's what we did with Kate Jackson, and really that was the difference in the game. Um, I, think, I think it's easy to get some mismatches. Uh, if you run the flex correctly or any, any offense that, that has a lot of screening action, we're going to screen you every possible way, flex screen, down screen, ball screen, back screen. We run a lot of UCLA cut stuff. Um, you know, and, and I think from a preparation standpoint, that's, a, it takes a lot of time to prepare to play against an offense that you don't see every day. Um, and it's, it's certainly no, um, no slight to any of our opponents, but if we know your dribble drive, we're going to give you about 10 minutes of our practice time. Um, and, and how much time are you going to have to put in in preparation for us for all the different sets and screens and entries that you're going to see? I, I would like to think it's probably more than 10 minutes. Yeah, and it's versatility too, right? So a kid, you know, obviously a kid needs all five of your players, I'm sure you practice this, can score in the post, and score on the perimeter, correct? They do, they do. And I, you know, so so for player development purposes, I, I can't think of a better better thing for them. We're not gonna pigeonhole kids. Um, we've got, you know, Kate Jackson, our, po our post player, uh, missed all of last year with, the, with a knee injury, but she spent her off season working on her ball handling and her ability to shoot the three. And that's been huge for us, um, absolutely huge. And so, yeah, we'll put five out there that can, that can shoot the three. and. And if we find the mismatch, we'll, we'll, we'll knock them down inside as well. All right. Now tell me a little bit, your shot clock next year, how are you going to utilize? Are you, uh, this has kind of helped me out a little bit because I'm trying to figure out, hey, how am I going to, you know, set my offense up? Now we shoot a lot of threes and, mm -hmm. as well, but um, how are you going to change anything for the shot clock or what are you guys going to do? Well, that's a really good question. We, um, we actually played with the shot clock this year in our region. Oh, okay. We did. No, I I'm the old dinosaur that when we voted, voted no. Right. Um, but I was probably the only, I was on an island. And, and so it passed. And so we played an entire region schedule and our region tournament with the, with the shot clock. Uh, and I'll be honest, Kevin, it, it didn't, 
it didn't affect anything. You know, I, I was of the mindset, well, you know, we're going to go uh, tempo press. We're going to go one, two, two, three quarter court, two, two, one, eat up 10 seconds, you know, go into some kind of triangle in two or a box in one and, 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 and milk that thing down to 10 seconds and, and, and make them take a shot they didn't want to have to do, but to take, but it really wasn't the case. We, there, there was very, very little change, you know, end of the game situations, obviously you can't, you can't just hold it. Um, right. and I think that piece of it is good for the game. Um, but really it, it didn't change much. It didn't change how we practiced. We put in a couple of sideline out of bounds plays, for, you know, and baseline out of bounds plays for, for situations where maybe that shot clock is, is, is down to four or five or six seconds and you're, baseline or sideline out of bounds that's about it yeah that's interesting so I, I, a lot of coaches have said that um that uh, i know my friend um in gordon lee high school um matt smith uh, who runs the united basketball clinic he says coach it, it didn't feel any differently and no. i was really surprised he said that. that's interesting though no that's at 35 seconds you know if it were down at 30 or 25 it might be a different story but 35 is that's more than enough time to to get a basketball possession. I guess the tough thing is finding the right people to run it, right? How do you all do that? Did you bring in a referee, uh, another guy? Well, we wanted to, we tried to, but you know, with our, our official shortage, um, it wasn't possible. So we trained someone right. um, and paid them, um, you know, on our, on our staff here at, at Lumpkin County. But yeah, so, so we just had an in-house person. Yeah, yeah. So we're all looking at that over here at Walnut Grove and everybody, of course, we're, we're in a new region now with North Dakota and mm -hmm. East Forsyth, everybody and so forth. But uh, hey, before you go, talk about your feeder program. Like I know you're trying to develop kids and it's just a constant um, barrage of Lumpkin County kids coming up. You know, I know you know all the kids out there. So what are you doing with your feeder it's program? It's tough, Kevin. You know, that's an interesting question because you would think and, and I thought coming into a small community that I just grab a hold of them, you know, at, at, at fourth, third or fourth grade and, and bring them up. But I, you know, and I talk to Gene Durden about this all the time. Uh -huh. um, you know, we're really in a battle for our sport. Um, I, you know, girls basketball is a difficult sport. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think it's the toughest sport that, that a female athlete can play. Um, I think we're losing kids to sports like volleyball um, and, and club volleyball. And we're losing kids to, we don't have lacrosse, but I know that's a, that's a big one in some, some school systems. And um so it, it's really a challenge. Our, our numbers are not what I would like for them to be, um, you know, which kind of gets me into, a, you know, a philosophical um, question of, of what are we doing in our rec leagues? What are we doing when they're really young? And, you know, my philosophy is that those young kids should be playing 3v3. I don't know that they need to be playing 5v5 and they don't need to be pressing and they certainly don't need to be sitting in a 2-3 zone at age six and seven so that they can win a championship and get a juice box. Um, you know, I, I'd really like to see um, at the younger ages, instead of practicing with your team, have large group practices where you've got 40, 50, 60 kids and all the coaches working on the same skills. And then on a Saturday game day or Sunday game day, I, you know, you don't have to play with the same three every time, but let's pick sides and let's play some three on three. So the kids are touching the ball, you know, Touches. Young youth soccer has it figured out where they're not playing 11 v 11 right away. They're, they're playing with smaller numbers so that kids get touches on the ball and they enjoy it. If we're playing five V five and you're six years old and you only touch the ball two or three times a game, they're going to lose interest. 
Um, I think it's important at the young ages that they play with, you know, 3v3 basketball. I think it's man-to-man, and it's all about skill development. Um, you know, let them play 12-minute or 10-minute FIBA rules games. Um, and I think the, the excitement for the game and the skill, the level of skill development would skyrocket. But um, I don't have all the answers. If I did, we our numbers would probably be better than they are. But I think that's where it starts. I love that solution. Matter of fact, I totally agree, David. I think three, yeah, three on three, half court. Yeah. Yes. Um, smaller ball, lower yep. baskets yep. with the youth up to, I mean, I, we play in a premier feeder league out here on my feeder team. And we have girls that are playing on 10 foot baskets in the fourth grade. It's like, give me a break. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the forms bad, but you know, people just can't see the youth model. <laughs> they they right. think we're playing college and it's amazing. It's amazing what you see out there at the youth level, man. And so, we're doing these kids a disservice because the love of the game comes from, from having the confidence to know that you're, you're pretty good and that you can perform the necessary skills to be successful. And, and if all we're doing is sitting them in a two, three zone, tell them to stick their hands up, send the, the tall kid inside and the one kid that can dribble has got the ball the whole game. That, that's not, that's doing a disservice to the kids in our game. And we, we can do better. We've got to do better. Yeah, we need to complete a reevaluation of our system in the, in our country because uh, I know internationally they're doing things a lot better than us. I they hate are. to say it, uh, we just have more kids and and talented athletes here, right? right? I mean, right. I know it's kind of a harsh statement, but uh, we got to really improve on that. Um, hey, David, thank you for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Um, before you go though, what is one thing that what is one goal that you're looking for next year? Could we get I, I was talking to Josh Jones about this. He has his whole team coming back, just like you. It's like, all right, now how do you – I mean, what's your goals for this year? It's hard to win a state championship then come back hungry again, right? Well, I, th- I think potential. we're going to find out. Um, I think the first thing we've, I've got to do is I've got to let them get away from – you know, if they're going to tra- tra- play travel basketball, that's fine. But the, at least through spring break, they need to get – a break from coach Dow's right. uh, and go run track and, and play soccer and, and, and do some things that, that their friends have been able to do that maybe they haven't been able to do for a while. Um, and then we'll sit down after spring break and, and they will have a, a, a say in what our goals are for next year. Now, I think I know what they're going to say. Um, and then it becomes my job. And I, I, you know, I think this is the job of the, the head coaches. Okay. Let's lay out a blueprint. You know, you're saying you want to repeat as state champions. You want to repeat as, as region champions. Then, then here's a blueprint that I believe gives us the best opportunity to make that happen and, and make sure that we've got a total buy-in with it. And then, and then we go to work. Um, work. But there's got to be a piece, you know, they've got it. The kids have got to have a say in what, what that goal is, you know, sure. I would like another state championship, but, but if that's not their goal, I think it probably is, but if it's, if it's not their goal, then, then they need to come up with whatever it is that they, they yeah, want. That player ownership. Right. Yeah. And that's something that sometimes us coaches forget about <laughs> sometimes it not about us. It is. It, it's huge. <laughs> and those, you know, those goals have got to be, they've got to be attainable, but they've also got to be quantitative in nature to where we can measure them and say, yes, we've attained that goal or no, we've come up short. Right. Um, are you, uh, tell me about, are you in a new region? I know we are in a new region. What are you guys doing next year? Been a lot of changes. Some, yeah, it's, it doesn't get any easier. We'll lose, um, we'll lose North Hall, Cherokee Bluff, uh, and 
We lose one more. Uh, East Forsyth. Yes, we lose East Forsyth, right? But we yeah. pick up Pickens, a Final Four team. We pick nice up team. Yeah. pick up Wesleyan. Um, yeah, and uh, we pick up. Is that it? That may be it because I think we're seven now. Um, but it's going. You know, we're, we're, I was talking among the coaches just the other night, and you know, there's going to be one or two girls teams in our region that are not going to really good ones that are not going to qualify for the state tournament. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going into a tough region and, and all of AAA, I think is, is going to get tougher. I know Hebron's going to join AAA. That'll, right. that'll bring a really good group to, to our classification. So it'll be tough. Yeah. That's three, three is going to be really tough. All those teams you mentioned are in my region now. So is that we? right. Well, so, I may be calling uh, you then. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be getting some video we'll, from you, my friend. We'll exchange some scouting reports. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about that. Yes. Uh, and I know you guys are going to compete. And don't, don't you want that, though? Don't you want to play the best? I think sometimes yes. it's like, okay, I mean, we want a state championship, but you want to see what you can do against the best, right? I mean, even in a higher classification. No, yeah, I, I don't, you know, we'll play we'll play anyone that we can get on our schedule. I mean, I, and, right. and, and, and our girls are excited about that, and they, they don't want cupcakes. They want to play the, the best. They want to be challenged, so... So we're, we're going to try. I was on the phone with, with uh, some, some fellas yesterday and we may, we may end up with some of the, <laughs> the heavy yeah, hitters no here in, the, in some of our non-conference games. Yeah. And right now you just play some golf, David, man, relax for a while, man. I'm you jealous, too. man. You're probably in a nice little, little, little country house out there, man. Oh. I am. Yes. <laughs> Living the dream. I'm jealous. Yeah. Um, Hey, uh, David, thank you so much for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Great job this year. Congratulations. The first ever state championship at Lumpkin County High School, man. Uh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate you having me on. Hey, if somebody want to get a hold of you, what's the best rate, uh, way to reach uh, David Douse? Uh, well, uh, school email uh, is a good way. I mean, are we leaving phone numbers? I'm happy to do that if you think that's... Absolutely, for sure. And I'll have everything on... Uh, I'll have all the information uh, that okay. people can contact you as well. Okay, so my, my cell number is 404-310-9037. That's probably the easiest way, or you can reach me via email at Lumpkin County Schools. That's david.douse at lumpkinschools.com. That's great. David, thank you so much, man. Congratulations again. I wish you the best. And uh, let's go back to back, my friend. Let's do it. Appreciate it, Kevin. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. At Dr. Dish Basketball, we're creating basketball shooting machines that accelerate player performance. With features like on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one source for basketball training. Whether you're training in your driveway, running a practice, or developing a workout program, we have the most innovative training solutions to help your players practice like they play. And just for listening to this podcast, you qualify for an exclusive discount. Just mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. Again, that number is 952-873-2633. And remember, be better every day. 
Dr. Dish Basketball's Virtual Camp 2.0 is now live. Our camp features drills and workouts from pro players, coaches, and trainers like Byron Scott, Quincy Pondexter, and four-time WNBA champ Lindsey Whalen. And though we're known for our shooting machines, the camp also features ball handling, agility, and conditioning drills to help athletes of all ages round out their game. A shooting machine is not required for this camp, but if you own or have access to a Dr. Dish CT or Dr. Dish Home, you can follow along with our pre-built program and track your progress and your stats. Sign up today to gain access to the Virtual Camp 2.0 featured drills and workouts by visiting drdishbasketball.com slash virtualcamp2021. That's drdishbasketball.com slash virtual-camp-2021. Coaches, I'd like to welcome our new Championship Vision podcast sponsor, Huddle Assist. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stance like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. Huddle will also be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic on September 12th at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Come stop by our table to chat and see what we have to offer. Do you want to be a better coach? Georgia Southern University can help. We offer a fully online master's in kinesiology created by coaches for working coaches. Our full-time faculty combines for over 100 years of coaching experience. Georgia Southern's program is nationally accredited, so you know you are getting quality. We pioneered fully online programs over a decade ago and have had students from 27 states and multiple countries. No matter where you are in the world, Georgia Southern University can help. There is no GRE requirement, and it only takes 14 months to complete. You start classes in May and finish the following July. We have coaches just starting out to veteran coaches of over 30-plus years. So no matter where you are on your coaching journey, Georgia Southern can help. Follow us at GSCoachEd or look us up, and Georgia Southern can help you be a better coach fully online. <laughs> 